Welcome back to New Book Tuesday on CPL Radio. This is the show where we talk about all the new and cool books that come out of the cardboard boxes that get dropped into our uh, circulation department and find their way to the librarian's very greedy hands. <laughs> We're very excited to get our new books every Tuesday. I'm Jeff Messerman. I am the adult services librarian on the second floor of the Cedarburg Public Library. Sitting next to me is... I'm Sarah Kelly. I am another adult services librarian. And sitting next to her is... <laughs> I'm Heidi Griffin, and I'm downstairs in youth services. Keeping it downstairs. I'm Casey St. Clair, head of youth services down in the dungeons. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, just some uh, background for the show. We're on episode two here last week. Uh, hope you all tuned in. We had some new books that you could add to your to-be-read list. Chase on over to monarchcat.org to place hold. Try to put links. I did last time for all the books we're talking about, and I will do the same today. And getting us started, I'm going to kick things over to the Youth Services Department, and you two can fight over it. I'll go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the book I'm sharing with everyone today and highly recommend is called Gather by Kenneth M. Caddow. Yes, it has a dog as one of the main characters, and yes, it has pretty much the same char- uh, book cover as the other book I recommended last week. <laughs> it looks really familiar. I thought, wow, Casey, we're going to do the same. That'd be actually cool. You're going to do the same book every week. Every week. <laughs> My husband asked if I was reading the same book. Um, I'll switch it up for next week, I promise. Yes, can we have a little like blue or something? Because there's way too much orange and green. I'll read a cat book next week. There you go. Or a veterinary uh, veterinarian uh, textbook. Perfect. perfect. Um, Gather came out on October 3rd, and I saw it on KirkusReviews.com, which is how a lot of us find it book reviews and make our selections. Heidi told me it's a National Book Award finalist, which the National Book Awards were announced just the other day. On the 15th. On the 15th, uh, LeVar Burton hosted. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that was cool, actually. He had uh, some uh, rather pointed statements about uh, book banning uh, that we're going through here in this country. So uh, it was nice of him to, nice to hear it from uh, the engineer of the enterprise. (laughs) Yeah, so National Book Awards, all the award uh, shows are kind of like the Academy Awards for us librarians. They're fun to watch. (laughs) Red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) A little less glamorous, but still fun. Um, Gather is a young adult novel. The protagonist is Ian. He is a sophomore in high school living in rural Vermont. Mom uh, has an opioid addiction, which means Ian has become very self-reliant. There's no food in the fridge or pantry, no heat a lot of times, no money. And uh, he scavenges for food. He takes scraps from the cafeteria. He also um, is a naturalist. He goes out into the woods and gets um, these nuts that I forgot the name of, beech nuts. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. And he cooks and eats them. Um, So yeah, mom's struggling with an opioid addiction. And he's, he's living his own life in the pretty much a cabin. Um, A dog wanders out of the woods, and becomes Ian's anchor and steady best friend. Um, And when the dog enters their life is sort of when things start to turn around Mm -hmm. for Ian and his mother. The themes of the book are a small town feel. Everyone in the town in Vermont um, wants to help Ian. Teachers kind of get a sense that he might be struggling, and they lend him deodorant and clothes and just ask how he's doing. Someone in a diner comes to the rescue. Um, 
And it definitely has a feel of helping and community, which kind of reminded me of Cedarburg, which I really loved. Um, So it's not all sappy and what was me for Ian. He really has a deadpan humor. I was going to ask the question of everything you described, which sounds great, except, um, and I sound like a publisher, an agent right now, where's the conflict? The conflict is... It's just it's just the hardship of life is the main conflict? Or yeah. is there... Okay. Hardship okay. of life. Yeah. Um, and then there's some custody things that go on. Dad's out of the picture. Gotcha. Okay. And then when things get real tough for Ian, a lot of people swoop in who are not from the community and start to mess with his custody, where his life is going to go. Um, and he always wants to bring Gather along, but that's sort of an issue. I don't want to spoil it too much, yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of Absolutely. just... The unrelenting poverty mm. is in itself the antagonist. The antagonist, <laughs> sure, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Um, he has really deadpan humor, even though he has a rough life, saying to the reader, obviously I made it since I'm telling you about it. <laughs> and um, the book takes place before, during, and after Thanksgiving, and ah, the <laughs> oven breaks. And Ian says, nothing's ever as hopeless if you have as much stuff in the shed as we have. <laughs> um, and he's very hand hands-on, and um, I highly recommend this book, uh, especially for young men, um, fathers, and all generations. Yeah. It's really good. well written. Those uh, dirty child protective services people taking him away from his beech nuts. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> he does really like when they bring him Cheez-Its oh, and good. soda. <laughs> so. So, so do I. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, beautifully Gather. written. I think this was one of the top three books I read this year. It sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. it sounds great. Um, Perfect for the timing. Yeah. Copies available now? Ooh, uh, our copy is on the way. Okay. There are four in the Monarch system <laughs> last good. I checked. And oh, um, to help kids out like Ian, mm-hmm. donate to our community food drive, which is going on right now. Absolutely. Uh, just bring your stuff in right to the library. How, uh, you know, bring right it. to the library. You guys have a bin? Yep. It's towards the front when you walk in, and we have a list of preferred items, but yeah. truly just canned, canned goods awesome. and healthier snacks are. Wanted. Until when? Until um, Until uh, December 1st. Fantastic. But we'll keep it up a few days. That is great. All right. A good thing to do. Good to uh, get in the spirit of Thanksgiving. And we are thankful for breaks because we're going to take one right now. (laughs) And we'll be back uh, right after this. You're listening to New Book Tuesday on CPL Radio. All right. So for my selection this week, I chose to read a graphic novel. And for me, of course, being in youth services, one of the things we hear downstairs is maybe that graphic novels aren't real books. Well, do you still hear that? Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, I'm here to tell you that this is a real book and it's a great one. In fact, it's so great. It won the National Book Award. I see a theme here. (laughs) (laughs) This was a complete shocker. I chose this book 
I knew they were a finalist, but I didn't know that they had won. This is so, how good our youth services so, librarians are. They put all the books over the hump. It's just like, that's how they win awards. We're influencers, <laughs> totally, would you say? I would say so. Not us. <laughs> so my choice was A First Time for Everything by Dan Santat. Some of you may know him as an illustrator. He won the Caldecott in 2015. Um so this book is his memoir, which also makes it very interesting because it reads like a story. Um, so a, no, a nonfiction graphic novel. It is a nonfiction yeah, right graphic novel. Great. So he takes us back to 1989. Oh boy, it's the year I graduated <laughs> high school. Lovely, I remember it well. <laughs> he is a middle schooler. He is a good kid. He's helpful. He follows the rules. Um, likes to stay out of trouble, kind of, you know, wants to stay out of the limelight of things, very self-conscious, all the classic middle school feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, very shy. Um, he's feeling that middle school awkwardness, and unfortunately, he is being bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story begins with his worst nightmare. At the end of an assembly at school, the classic, like, say no to drugs assembly that was back in the oh, 80s. Yes. That, I'm Nan- sure Nan- you've been to. Nancy Reagan <laughs> was all over that one, yeah. Um, so the speech ends, or uh, the assembly ends early, and so they cannot be dismissed. So the principal decides that, hey, let's fill the time with some of these speeches that you guys have been working on. And um, Dan's teacher picks him to go first. And insert awkwardness. <laughs> I already felt my stomach bottom out. <laughs> so during his speech, um, his fellow classmates are awful. They boo him. They they Aww. yell things, and he just crumbles inside. And so basically it just sets you up for how he is feeling for the, the majority of this book. So then we fast forward, and... His parents have set him up with a three-week trip to Europe to study abroad for the summer. And I'm sure you can already realize how he's feeling about this. So he's traveling without his parents for the first time, and he's also traveling with the same teacher who made him do his speech in front of all of his peers. Um, Lots of things happen on this trip, and hence the name A First Time for Everything. Um, he tastes Fanta for the first time and realizes it's amazing. Um, he finds love for the first time. Ooh la la. Yes. Um, he tries other things for the first time, maybe some scandalous things ah. like cigarettes <laughs> and um, alcohol. Sure. Of sure. course. Absolutely. When in Europe. Um, so a big thing with Dan is clearly he loves to draw. When he gets to Europe, he wants to take photos of everything. His first excursion, his camera breaks. And being that, you know, awkward, shy, he just doesn't know what to do. And then he decides, well, I'm going to draw Hmm. everything that I see. But he doesn't want to share them because he's Mm self-conscious. So all of his peers with him on the trip are asking what he's doing. And he just doesn't want to share. So we go through the, all of these um, ups and downs and all of these new experiences, and Dan starts to come out of his shell. He starts to realize that 
sometimes first time things are scary and that's okay. And I think that's a great message for this book. Absolutely. Because for all of us, first time things are very scary, but it's a part of life. Like first podcast last week. (laughs) Exactly. Right? (laughs) Terrifying. Exactly. So, um, you know, even though things are are difficult for the first time, we can get through them. Um, So I thought that was a great message for him. Um, It's heartwarming. Also, you know, we all you can relive your awkward feelings of middle school through this book, which (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Well, ironically, was kind of fun. Absolutely, Um, no. And there is some (laughs) angst in here too, but in the end, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. I read it in one sitting; I couldn't put it down. Nice. Also, at the very beginning of the book, I missed this the first time, but the second time going through it, there's a QR code. Ooh, and it's underneath a cassette tape. You scan the QR code and there is a Spotify playlist. Mixtape. Oh, that will fantastic. take you through the story. Sweet. Yes. So oh if you gosh. like 80s oh tunes. My gosh. So I you do. have uh, you know, Peter Gabriel and uh, I mean, Aha and there's, uh, Yeah, there's <laughs> Frankie some goes to Hollywood. <laughs> Michael Jackson. There we go. Yeah. Oh man. Not to mention I think Taylor Swift made it into this playlist as oh, well. Oh, weird. Interesting. <laughs> Hmm. So, of course, her album was called 1989, wasn't it? So, I had that. Heidi just winked at that. Bingo! The old geezer in the room catches on very quickly, doesn't he? Heidi, can I um, ask you to share with uh, listeners what the book artistic style kind of looks like? What's on the cover? And sure, describe. So, Dan's style is actually, if you know who he is, is. He's very, it's realistic. Like, um, so he redid um, for the, I think, 90th anniversary of The Little Engine That Could. He Mm. illustrated that book. Um, He has done, um, like, what is it? Three ninjas. Three ninja pigs. Three ninja pigs. Yeah. Yeah. There's one about an elevator. Yes. So all his style is very, like, realistic and yeah it's not cartoony, cartoony at all so it's not like no. uh, manga or anything like that it's more no. okay we no. have notre dame on the cover and it's yeah. kind of like soothing kind of calm colors right. and but still very colorful very appealing yeah. to you to the eye cool. cool um it's not very like it doesn't have that bubbly cartoony yeah. feel to yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah so would you, you would recommend this probably for middle grade and up, or is middle grade too low? Or? I would say um, middle grade and up. Okay. And I will be recommending this to my son, who will be <laughs> in um, 2025 taking his first European trip oh, oh, without oh, parents oh, wow. to Germany. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, you know, maybe an idea of some things not to do while yes. he's there. <laughs> <laughs> Just say no. That's what, that's what Nancy Reagan drilled into us back in 1980. Oh, it was wild. Anyway, well, folks, uh, we are going to top off our coffees and or teas, and you should do likewise. Here's some jazz, and we'll be back. Did you bring us another juicy book this week? 
I did. So this week I'll be talking about the new Britney Spears memoir uh, called The Woman in Me. And I started it. I haven't finished it yet, but it is very juicy. Um, <laughs> it's a very, seems very quick and easy read. Um, if I had the time, I could probably just read it in a day. It's really captivating. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm on her early childhood i guess right now and it's did she get started on like the disney channel or disney stuff in her background was that yeah, in there okay i wasn't was sure like the mickey mouse, mickey mouse club, club. sure 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 no I was did you ever mouse watch club. that i wa- well i watched it and then it was black and white but let's not go there um <laughs> let's not even uh turn that rock over uh, but uh yeah i remember reading somewhere that that's where a lot of those um kind of 90s and early aughts stars got their start on the Mickey Mouse Club. So she's one of them. All yeah, because right. it was her and like Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera. Sh- Ry- uh, Carrie Russell, apparently. Uh, Ryan, what's his name? Started oh, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Oh, was yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, does she dish like Disney dirt or does she kind of leave that? Not yet. I'm okay. not, at least I'm not to that part. If she does, um, it's kind of just about her family history right now in Louisiana. How's that going? It's... <laughs> It's very tragic and very Aww. sad. Right. It I don't know. It seems I should like, make light. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like the women in that family, it just sounds so tragic. Like, oh. they, I don't know. It's very sad. And she has a grandma, a British grandma that she talks about that she really likes, who ended up in Louisiana for marrying a soldier. Um, so was this uh, with a uh, low, real low income Louisiana, or are they well, are they doing okay? I mean, she said her British grandma was like a pretty wealthy back in okay. London, had a good life, and then she came and moved to Louisiana, and she was just very sad by that. Oh. <laughs> she didn't realize what she's getting into, pretty much. Sure. But she loved her British grandma. She talked about, um, huh. yeah, it was just really interesting um, hearing about her family and. Just a little bit sad. Does she start the uh, book off saying that, uh, you know, this is my story and, you know, I'm as truthful. Uh, does she try to, like, <laughs> it, it, you know, fend off the lawyers, I guess, and say, look, uh, don't don't sue me? Or, I mean, does she just jump right into the story? Sometimes people, a lot of biographies will start with, like, you know, I might change a few names or I might, you know, is there anything like that right. going on? No, I did not get that okay. vibe cool. from it. So All right. she just jumped right into it and, yeah, yeah it's... It's doing well. It's very popular. I mean, yeah. I think it's, uh, there was a lot of chatter about it. What yeah. it, Have you heard about like some of the further chapters, kind of what's revealed? A little bit, bits yeah. and pieces, and yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> very juicy. Yeah, should have been nice to Brittany if you didn't yeah. want to wind up in that book. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Um, it's probably a little hard to get your hands on right now. Yeah, we have five copies here, but <laughs> they're all a, out. Wow. Um, five copies, and of, there's wow, yeah, okay. <laughs> they're pretty much all out in the I was whole. Say, system, I haven't seen them. So. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I've looked around. Yeah. I haven't seen Britney once in this building. No. So <laughs> it might be easier to find your old CDs of Britney Spears <laughs> than right. to get a copy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how old you were when she was popular. <laughs> I was pretty I, young, but yeah. I did love her. So yeah, she was probably in your target demographic. 
graphic was mom was maybe a little bit disappointed that my sister and i were listening to her so we were on the cusp of being too young um but yeah it was interesting isn't it mom was disappointed that we were i mean that's a really interesting loaded statement well she's like can't you fill your ears with anything a little bit like more sophisticated or a little bit of a yeah and your sister looked at you looked at each other and said no no (laughs) well you want to be cool yeah (laughs) i remember i was like four and five when I really liked her but like yeah I had I have an older sister who's 10 years older and there was that time when um Justin Timberlake said Britney cheated on him and everybody hated her I guess (laughs) I remember my sister and little me I was like oh my gosh cry me a river yeah (laughs) wow but I still loved her (laughs) so she was kind of I I didn't even know about that element so she was kind of even among the sort of uh, her fans she became kind of a pariah because she cheated on Justin Timberlake is that a thing or is that apparently or am I I getting that wrong that's what I remember well Jeff you have to read the book (laughs) I guess so all right all right right. I might just do that I might just do that I'm excited for when you get to the 2007 chapter Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For those. Is that when she kind of had some well, issues at that point or? Um, shaved head and yeah. like banging yeah. on a car. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no shade to anyone going through no. a rough time. That no, was just no. a very like, what in the world is Highly going publicized. on? Moment? Highly yes. publicized. Highly yeah. publicized. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you see li- recently? And again, there's no reason I should be this cool and know this, but um, <laughs> she was sort of doing the dance of the blades. Lately. Did you see this? She did this on <laughs> yes. on 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 TikTok or something. I saw that. And yeah. I mean, yeah. you could see it either way. Of course, as a father, I'm like, oh, be careful with those knives. What you're doing? She was dancing around and twirling these knives around. These two very large pieces, and one could see it one of two ways. One, it's an empowering thing, or two, uh oh. Um, call the state. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how one takes that. So I think the state has bothered her enough. She should just be <laughs> her own woman, right? Her true self. If you want to dance with with the Ginsu blades, you go right ahead. She I should know. use those mostly probably for Thanksgiving yes. and kitchen purposes. <laughs> I want her to do the carving this year, but live her life. She, she was she was doing really well. I didn't see a single nick. I mean, she was doing terrific. I do worse shaving, so it's fine. Anyway, so, well, since we're on the uh, topic of biographies or biographical information, I have once again, and Sarah's here now, she can actually, she's close enough, she could hit me. I have uh, dipped into her lane again. So for this entire series thus far, I have, uh, but at least it ties into fiction quite a bit. Um, This week, Jonathan R. Eller is the editor of a book on the selected correspondence of science fiction author Ray Bradbury. I am probably the largest, most fanatical Ray Bradbury fan in the state of Wisconsin, at least. I don't know if I can say nationwide or the world. So when a book like this comes out, uh, it's a pretty big deal. And these are essentially just the estate of turning loose Ray's letters, his correspondence to... Everybody, uh, starting out with, as a very young kid, writing to his heroes like Edgar Rice Burroughs, who wrote the Tarzan books and the John Carter of Mars books. Later on, when he started to get a little of success as a writer, he was writing to his agents and uh, publishers and uh, fellow science fiction authors like Isaac Asimov and uh, Robert Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. And eventually, once it gets to the point where he's a success, he's then receiving no shortage of fan letters from teenagers, 
and science fiction fans and fellow authors as well. These are gold. This is a window into the mind of Bradbury that we already had a pretty good window already with uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes and Dandelion Wine and The Martian Chronicles and Fahrenheit 451, all of which uh, some or all of you should have read in school or on your own. <laughs> and if you haven't, please get to work. And you don't even really have to be a science fiction fan to enjoy Bradbury, by the way. He always called himself a fantasy writer, a fantasist. It's not because the science in Bradbury's books is a little wonky in that it's impossible. Like the Martian Chronicles, people are walking around on Mars without space helmets. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, but it's more of an allegory for other things. And that's what makes him so great is that there's a lot more going on in his books. I thought I would just read a little patch here because when you have a fistful of Ray Bradbury's letters in your hands, you let him do the talking. <laughs> Less that I do the talking. And this is a letter he wrote. I won't do the whole thing, but just a little piece. This is a letter he wrote to oh uh, Richard Matheson, fellow uh, sci-fi writer Richard Matheson. So is this early on or more when he's in nineteen fifty-one? So I'd say just as his career is taking is okay. launching into the stratosphere. And, and Richard Matheson was a science fiction writer who wanted was wanted some recognition, wanted his stories to be read. Was hoping Ray would kind of give him some advice as uh, struggling, starving writers are desperate for validation at all times. And he says, I can't say how pleased I was by your letter concerning The Firemen, which was the earliest draft of Fahrenheit 451. It was particularly gratifying because this one novella occupied so much of my time a year ago, and it contains some of my strongest convictions. There is so much yet to be said. There are things I had to leave out of the story because I didn't want to hit the reader on the head with too much preaching. One thing I would like to reemphasize in detail, if the fireman ever goes into book form, it did, <laughs> is the fact that radio has contributed to our growing lack of attention simply because we tune in, see five minutes of one thing, ten minutes of another, half hour of this, a half hour of that, this sort of hopscotching existence makes it almost impossible for people, myself included, to sit down and get into a novel again. We have become a short story reading people, or worse than that, a quick reading people. I have to force my way into novels. Once in, I am fine, but it is the initial chapter that's the hardest thing. This is frightening. Also, I want to reemphasize the fact that we haven't time to think anymore. The great centrifuge of radio and television, newly emerging pre-thought-out movies, etc., gives us no time to stop and stare. Our lives are getting more scheduled all the time. There's no room for caprice, and caprice is the core of man, or should be the tiny happy nucleus around which his mundane tasks can be assembled. Well, he would hate TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> he would hate all of this. He wasn't a Luddite. I mean, he, he, he embraced technology, but I just I think the use of it now and what we do... I don't think he'd be a big fan of it. And he wasn't. He lived to about well, 2012, I guess, is when he passed away. And, um, yeah, he wouldn't like any of this. <laughs> and I just thought it was really interesting how radio at the time, of course, was the, the great divider. And now we have so much, so much more to divide us. And I love his uh, saying how just the time to sit and think is something that we don't take time for anymore. So a little bit of Ray Bradbury wisdom as we head out of this particular episode of New Book Tuesday. And we'd like to thank you for dropping in. Anybody else have anything interesting to uh, throw out there? I mean, well, I know who wants to follow up, Ray Bradbury. 
<laughs> just going to let him have the final word, as it should be. The book is called Remembrance, Selected Correspondence of Ray Bradbury, available in the, at least I know our library has. There aren't a lot of copies in the system, but uh, we have one here at the Cedarburg Public Library. Feel free to go to Monarch Cat and place a hold, and you'll get it <clears throat> once I'm done. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week with another show. And we appreciate it. Uh, feel free to drop any comments, suggestions you have in the comments section of wherever you're listening to us, or just stop into the Cedarburg Public Library. We'd love to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. Remember, the adventure doesn't end here. Head over to monarchcat.org to request or place holds on any of the titles you heard today. Whether it's a thrilling mystery, a heartwarming romance, or a mind-bending sci-fi, there's a story waiting for you. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your feedback keeps us going and helps fellow book lovers discover their next favorite read. A special thank you to the friends of the Cedarburg Public Library for their unwavering support in making this podcast possible. Your dedication to fostering a love of reading in our community is truly commendable. Stay tuned for more literary discoveries next Tuesday. Until then, happy reading and may your bookshelves and TBRs be ever expanding.